With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to Cup of Cubby Blue. Your baseball is being played in a pandemic and athlete, athlete strikes are going on as we record this home for Cubs news, updates, and banter. My name is Sarah Sanchez. I write about baseball and what's going on in the world right now as everything is on fire for Bleed Cubby Blue. Hi guys, Andy Cruz Vanasek, and I am just trying to take it day by day without losing my energy. <laughs> yeah, we were talking about this before the show, and both of us are feeling like really drained <laughs> today. Um, I don't know, Andy. Do you want to do you want to kick it off there? I I know that this has been a crazy emotional week in a crazy emotional month in a crazy emotional year. And I I just want to acknowledge that because I can't imagine we're the only people feeling that way right now. Well, I'm just going to go ahead and say this. And um, to be completely transparent, I didn't even want to record this show. Um, And I think me being honest, I think Sarah can appreciate this as well, that I just didn't feel like I don't know. I don't, I feel like I talk about this all day, every day. I'm constantly arguing with people on socials. I am not somebody that shuts up about something I believe in. And the fact that people are so resistant to the things that I want to talk about and the things I want to make them realize, I think makes me try even harder. And this week has just been so, so exhausting and the thing I think that keeps me going and why I ultimately decided that I have, we have to talk about this. This has to be a conversation. We have an audience, albeit not as large as other people, but we have an audience is, you know, people that look like Sarah and I, we still can take a break from, you know, not, not fighting this fight. We don't have to fight this fight day in, day out. We choose to do this because that is a privilege that we have because of how we look. Yeah. Obviously we're both Hispanic women, but to look at us, that's not your initial thought. Our black brothers and sisters don't have that privilege. They don't get to stop fighting. They don't get to, to stop going after their, going for their rights to be respected as human beings on this earth. And it is extremely taxing to people like Sarah and I that feel so strongly that that is something that is overlooked, not only just in sports, but in everyday life. And it's something that I will not stop screaming from rooftops that it is unfair, unjust. And if more people don't speak up, you know, it just, Like I told my, my girlfriend, um, a black girlfriend I grew up with back home and she, her, her, her post yesterday on, on Facebook. And she is somebody that is loud and outspoken and is in your face. And I love it. And I learned a lot from her growing up. Her post yesterday was I'm exhausted. And that was it. And that was so powerful to me because she's somebody that always has something profound to say and always something that comforts me and makes me feel better about things and, and what I'm fighting for and the things that I talk about and the things that I put in people's face. So for her to say that 
all I could say in response was, if it's got, if the, bur- the, the pain and the burden of this fight has gotten too heavy for you, lean on your brothers and sisters to help carry it. And that's what we have to do today. I think that is the best possible introduction to this very special episode of Cup of Cubby Blue. Um, so if you are listening to this, this, this episode is dropping on the day that Major League Baseball says they are going to celebrate Jackie Robinson Day. And two days after, at, at my count, as of the time that we're recording this, 18 teams have sat out games in order to protest the violence, the police brutality, the just shocking disregard for Black lives that was evident again um, this these last couple of weeks in Kenosha, Wisconsin, but really has just been on display for so long. You know, I was thinking about the times that we, t- we talked about Trayvon Martin, we talked about Sandra Bland, we talked about so many people. And, you know, this summer, just starting with George Floyd, and then Ahmaud Arbery, and Rashad Brooks, and, and I just, I can't, I can't even put into words <laughs> where we are truly at right now. But I know that the strikes that are happening in sports that started with the Milwaukee Bucks, and we'll sort of break down the timeline there for people who maybe weren't paying as close of attention, that are now happening in baseball, um, which is not considered a particularly radical <laughs> or progressive sport are historic. And the Cubs now have a role in this story. And it's not a role that I'm particularly proud of. I, If you read my writing, you know that I wrote about this for Bleed Cubby Blue on Thursday. And we'll, we'll get into all of that. But it is ostensibly the day that baseball celebrates integration. The, the day that Jackie Robinson broke the color line in baseball. And it really doesn't feel like MLB has has gotten that celebration right. And it really doesn't feel like enough has been done. And so, you know, the Cubs dropped two out of three to the Tigers, and then they're going to go play the Reds, and that's great. Um, there are a lot of places that you can listen to today that are going to talk to you about who's hot, who's not, WRC plus pitcher stats, who got a save, who didn't. Uh, We're not going to be that show today. We're going to talk to you about what is going on in society, about what we see going on with the Cubs. And we're just going to speak from the heart a little bit because some things are more important than sports. (laughs) My goodness. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, and I don't know if you want to jump right into this or not, but I, you know, the first place I go right now is how embarrassing it is to feel as strongly as I do about the social issues this country is facing right now and also be a Cubs fan when they had such an opportunity, such an opportunity to use their voice and, 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 you know, at least bring a little bit more attention to the issue at hand. Again, baseball is not something that you, traditionally see, you know, these, these kind of movements of players that do things like this for any sort of reason. So it would have been even that much bigger for an entire Chicago Cubs team who notably is owned by a family that 
has had some some shady past with race issues. Um, and so to me, it just the ball was just dropped so mightily in this situation. And not only that, but it's just so heartbreaking for to think about a person like Jason Hayward that went through what he went through and um, had, continues to go through with this team. You know, I, I don't know. I'm just, I, I'm so frustrated. It's like, how could you have gotten this so horribly wrong? It was one game. It was one situation where your teammate needed you in a time when you guys all vowed to do things differently to act differently, to bring awareness to the situation as professional athletes. And the opportunity you were handed last night will not come again. You ruined it. You completely ruined it. And anything that you do beyond this point, I'm sorry, but it's going to look completely fake. It's going to look bad because now you're responding to the backlash that you're getting for not doing anything last night. And, you know, that makes me sad because there's some really great players on this team that we love that we would like to respect as players, as people. And, and it's hard to do that when you watched them play a game last night without one of the leaders on their team who is obviously on an island when it comes to, you know, what, there's two black people on the Chicago Cubs right now? It, I think I think three. I think uh, I Jeffress, Underwood, and... Underwood, I'm missing um, Underwood, yes. And Jason Hayward. Hayward, yeah. yeah. Um, I was forgetting Underwood, sorry. Sorry, Underwood. Um, You're okay. So, but I mean, what an incredibly large opportunity missed by a franchise that pretty much gains national attention for going to the bathroom, if you know what I mean. I mean, this team can do anything, can say anything. Anthony Rizzo's remarks, while I'm still kind of un, undecided on how I feel about them, they were being shared on a national level, like on all different news outlets, Anthony Rizzo's quotes, not Jason Hayward's. Like what is wrong with this picture? Let's, let's get to the quotes in a second. Can I set the stage really fast for what happened in case somebody lives under a rock? (laughs) I totally missed what happened Wednesday night in America. Um, So Wednesday afternoon, right about the time that people all over Chicago land were logging off of their zoom calls and whatnot for the day. Um, you know, the news alert started fast and furious. And I and I honestly, credit where it is due, credit to the Milwaukee Bucks for really just starting a conversation. Um, I got a news alert that said the Bucks were a no-show for their playoff game. It was game five of the NBA playoffs in the bubble. And that was quickly amended to say that they were not playing out. Of, they were protesting that they were not playing because of the situation that had developed over the last week in Kenosha, which is really close to where the Bucks play. Interestingly, uh, Milwaukee and Chicago are about equidistant <laughs> from Kenosha. So I want our listeners in, in Chicago to own that as much as um, our friends in Milwaukee have going forward. Like, I know that it seems like, oh, Wisconsin, Illinois, like they're different states, but but this is really close to where we live and to what we call home. Um, the Bucks said they were not going to play out of protest. The Orlando Magic quickly joined them and said, we're not going to play either. Um, and to their credit, the NBA pretty quickly said, okay, we're just going to call all of the playoff games for tonight. We're going to talk to the teams and players who are still in competition 
and see if we can come to some kind of solution. As that was happening, um, a couple of things happened at once. So the WNBA also was like, nope, we're not playing. I believe it was the Mystics that started that conversation and pretty the league pretty quickly just was like, yeah, we're, we're out too. Um, the WNBA, if you don't watch it, one, you should, because these women are incredibly talented and fantastic, but two, has just been at the cutting edge of all social justice issues long before most men's sports or even individual male athletes. So props to them for just making a decisive statement as a league really fast. Um, if you're a soccer fan, Major League Soccer also was like, nope, we're not playing. Uh, the NHL did play. We'll get back to them in a second. But as all of this is going on, uh, the the Brewers are in their pregame interviews. And Josh Hader is at the mic. He's at a press conference. And I want to I'm going to set the stage here with some history about Josh Hader, not to indict him as a person, but to give some context here, because I think it is important for us to note today that people can redeem themselves. And the worst moments that you had as a kid are things that you can get back when you are given an opportunity. And I think that Josh Hader really stepped up last night. So if you recall a couple of years ago, people went back and scrubbed his Twitter from when he was in high school, found some very terrible remarks that Josh Hader had made when he was growing up. Last night when he was asked what the Brewers would do and if they would discuss as a team whether or not they were going to play, uh, given what the Bucks had decided to do, he didn't even hesitate. He was just like, we're obviously going to discuss that. And my understanding, the reporting from Tom Hodrickhart at the Journal Sentinel in Milwaukee, was that the Brewers knew immediately <laughs> that they were not going to play. The vote was unanimous. And and look, this is going to upset a lot of Cubs fans. Ryan Braun is not my favorite dude either, but but Ryan Braun got this one right. Ryan Braun was like, we're wearing these shirts that say justice, equality, action, and we needed to do more than the shirts. And so props to the Brewers for just realizing immediately the moment that they were in and they informed the Reds they weren't going to play. The Reds said, that's fine, we'll postpone the game. And this is important because... For one team to say, we're not going to play, uh, that would be a forfeit unless the other team agreed to it. And so far, there have been no forfeits because in every instance where a team has said, we're not going to play, there has been an agreement that they're not going to play the game. Um, this sort of started a snowball effect. So Jeff Passan had a tweet last night right after the Brewers decision was announced that basically said, um, MLB, things are moving Interesting to see like what teams are going to be next. It's a pivot point in the sport. And the Cubs game at this point in time was less than an hour away. I was literally watching the pregame show as all of this was happening. And I was just sitting on my couch like, oh, my God, what is going to happen? And I, I didn't know what was going to happen. I said this in the piece I wrote today. Like, I, I thought some teams would play. I thought some teams would not. I wasn't sure. It didn't seem like MLB was the type of organization that would just call it the way other sports leagues did. Which, by the way, Rob Manfred, I'm, I'm sure you don't listen to Cup of Cubby Blue. But if by some chance you like name search or whatever and you come across this episode, the reason those other leagues canceled outright is because they didn't want to put individual players <laughs> in the position of having to answer for why they did or did not play last night. And you did not do that. And that was not a savvy thing to do as a league official. That's an aside. We can talk more about Rob Manfred in a minute. Um, the Cubs had about 30 minutes here <laughs> to make a decision. And Jason Hayward, who has been 
really involved with the Players Alliance, which is a group of about 100 black baseball players who have been very outspoken. If you saw the public service announcements on opening day, the Black Lives Matter announcements that have gone around, Jason Hayward is one of the leaders of that group, got a text message from some of the other players, and he just knew he wasn't going to play. And so he went to David Ross. He was already dressed. He was in his uniform. He was already dressed. He went to David Ross. He said, I'm not playing tonight. They had a really emotional conversation by all accounts. And he explained to the rest of the Cubs team that he wasn't going to play and why. And, and the reporting here is that, you know, he encouraged them to play. He said he understood that if they played, that he had to sit out. And that a few players went to David Ross and said they did not feel comfortable playing with Jason Hayward sitting. And Jason Hayward insisted that the game go on. And this is such a, look, I know they didn't have a lot of time to talk about this. But when your teammate comes to you and says, it's really important for me not to play today because this is a bigger moment than this game. Even if he says, it's, it's fine, you guys go play. You sit with your teammate, right? Am I crazy? <laughs> I mean, you already know how I feel about this. Like, there, there's no discussion that needs to take place. If he tells his teammates he's not playing, the only thing that they should reply with, well, if you're not playing, I'm not playing. And if he says, well, you guys should play, I don't want this game, I don't care. If you're not playing, I'm not playing. That's the final decision. That's it. That's the only discussion that should have happened. That's it. I mean, it, it just boggles my mind how, how you get this wrong. I, I don't care if you have 10 minutes. Like, this is, this is <laughs> something that, that people understand. People will understand. The Detroit Tigers would have understand. I bet they were, frankly, surprised that it happened the way it happened. I bet they were. Because Jason Hayward is somebody that is very vocal in this movement and and for baseball. And, you know, he is somebody that is a leader on this team. And it just breaks my heart that, you know, okay, you were uncomfortable. Some of these guys were uncomfortable not playing if, if Jason's not playing. Then don't play. Then don't play. Like, I understand Jason saying, no, you guys need to play. You need to play. Okay. And you and I shared text about this today. And I think this is the best way to explain it if you don't get it. You know, when your significant other is like pouting or you can clearly tell that there's something bothering them, whether it's whatever. Right. You say, honey, what's wrong? Nothing. Clearly, there is something wrong. But they don't want to talk about it. They don't want or they do want you to talk about it. But they, you know, they, they just want to let it go. Do you let it go or do you, you know, try to fix the issue? Well, I'm just letting you know. Somebody asks me if something's wrong and I say nothing. There's probably something wrong. So ask me about it and fix it, right? Jason Hayward could say anything. He could say anything. He could say, you guys, no, you know, my life really depends on you guys playing this game. You need to go play. I'm sorry. If my teammate is not playing, I'm not playing, period. That's the way it goes. They, they did something opening day. Every team did something opening day. And I'm sorry, I, I, I am on the fence about how MLB has handled this whole thing because I like that they're doing something. Something is better than nothing, but I feel like it was very hokey. And I didn't love the whole black material thing. I didn't love that. Like, I, I'm not quite sure. I mean, I know it's very symbolic for it to be strung along both teams, whatever. I just thought that there could have been something more that could have been done. Like, I just felt like that, that they didn't quite, they didn't quite get it this time. Not for me anyways. That's my opinion. But you guys all did that. You guys all made that vow at the beginning of the season that you were going to do something different. You were going to speak out. You were going to be, 
people that stood for, for racial equality and, and social justice. And here's your opportunity to do that. Your, your leader on your team is giving you that opportunity. He's saying, let's do this. You know, this is, this is something we all vowed to do together. Yes, it's in my community. But guess what? That's your teammate. His community is your community. Yes, he's talking about the black community. But if we're ever going to fix this, it's got to be our community. You have to take ownership for everybody's actions. You have to take ownership for white people against black people. Like, it can't be like that anymore. It can't be my community versus your community. It has to be our community. And, and when they when they reacted the way they did and, and chose not chose to go ahead and play while he didn't, it, 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 it separated. That separated again. It was back to his community and their community. Like their teammates, they're on the same team. They wear the same uniform. Yes, their struggles are different because of their skin color. But as teammates, as people that are, you know, rub shoulders every day, day in, day out, somebody that they've gotten to know and love, they need to treat him like a brother. They need to treat him like his community is their community. And they didn't do that. And that's, that's, it's really hard to swallow for me. Yeah, I mean, I think that the place that I look to for what I wish the Cubs would have done was the Dodgers reaction. Because when Mookie Betts told the Dodgers that he wasn't going to play that night, Clayton Kershaw said he was immediately like, if Mookie's not playing, none of us are playing. And that was enough to get a unanimous vote in the Dodgers clubhouse. And there's been video going around of the Dodgers press conference with Dave Roberts, who is one of the only black MLB managers, um, Mookie Betts, Kenley Jansen, and Clayton Kershaw talking about this. And I just find myself as I watch that video, well, well, two things. One, I wish that had been the Cubs reaction. I, I can't make that be somebody else's reaction. I can't. There's nothing that I or Jason Hayward or Mookie Betts or anyone on the planet can do to force someone to have that moment of moral clarity. But what happened yesterday, what, what happened on Wednesday night was a historic moment where a large number of athletes were faced with a choice about where they see themselves on that, in that historical moment. And it's hard to see what happened with the Cubs as anything other than a failure to rise to the moment. That they let their teammate sit alone. (laughs) It's just, it will never not be heartbreaking to me. It will always be a thing. And, And look, I've been a Cubs fan a long time since I was like four years old. A lot of disappointing things have happened with the Cubs in that time. Some of it on the field in terms of disappointing losses. Some of it off the field in terms of signing people who were super problematic or retaining people who I, I wish weren't on the team. This this was the most disappointing moment that I've ever had as a Cubs fan. And that doesn't mean I'm not going to cheer for them anymore. It doesn't mean I don't love the team anymore. But, man, it was really hard to see the players be presented with that moment (laughs) that like, all right, here's your crossroads, pick your, pick your path. And in my opinion, to pick wrongly. Well, um, 
I have to say, cause I, you know, I'm a sports lover. I love pretty much every, every major sport and, um, follow a lot of it. And obviously, you know, we don't talk a whole lot of other sports on this show, but I was watching the pregame for, um, the NBA playoffs because as, as you discussed a little, they all, um, postpone their game. They all, as I read just a few minutes ago, the appropriate term to call it is they were all striking. So, um, basically what happened on this set of TNT, you, you know, they have their, their normal, um, uh, panel of broadcasters. There's four of them. And Kenny Smith is one of them. And one that I really love and have watched for a long time. And I tell you, nothing hit me so hard as it did. It's one thing to, to see the violence that it is, has been happening around us. Um, it's another thing to, and for me, it's always when I see a grown man cry, I just lose it. Like I cannot handle seeing a grown man cry, whether it's in person, on TV, a movie, whatever. If I see a grown man cry, it's over. So they were all discussing how their feelings about it. And this, they had just, it had just been announced that the teams were all um, had chose to strike and were not going to be playing. And the first commentator they went to was Kenny Smith and he's very well-spoken. Um, you know, if you don't follow him or you don't um, see much of his stuff, I highly recommend he's, he's one that um, I've watched for years and he, I don't think said two sentences and his lip chin started quivering like he was going to cry. And he said, I can't do this. And he took his mic off. He got up and he walked off the set. And, you know, he said, if, if the players are going to do this, I I have to stand with them. I, you know, I just, I can't be here today. I can't do this today. And when he walked off to me, it was like, it was live. I mean, they were live, they were doing a show live. So nobody really knew how to react at that, react at that point. And you could just kind of tell that everybody needed a minute to kind of just take in what had happened, but it was an opportunity to discuss further why everything was happening the way it was. And he gave them, he not only did that for himself, but he also gave them the opportunity because now somebody flips that on. Whoa, where's Kenny Smith? Like, why is Kenny Smith's chair open? Like, that's weird. So, you know, again, he's raising awareness because, you know, the the absence of him is for a reason. And then you see the absence of him, you start going, digging into the reason behind it. The same thing with Jason Hayward, you flip on the Cubs game, having lived under a rock, not knowing what's going on, you're going to start to wonder, you know, you're going to start to look in the reasoning behind Jason Hayward being a healthy scratch. So it just, to me, you know, it was such an opportunity, such a great opportunity, a franchise that has been given such a a hard time and, and, and has a kind of a bad name for having bad owners and, and, um, folks that have had their name kind of dragged through the mud for, for reasons, you know? Um, and it was such an opportunity to kind of, I don't want to say make that right. Cause I don't know if you can make that right, but at least start to steer, steer the ship in, in the right direction. And, um, yeah, it's just, it's, this is, this is going to be a tough one for a while. You know, I honestly, I had every intention of watching the game still. I was like, I, I kind of want to just see how the players react to this. I kind of just want to see how it goes. And, you know, I've been watching baseball a long time. I've been paying for MLB TV for an even longer time, which is really sad to admit. But, you know, yesterday was the first time, I think, in however long I can remember that I had absolutely no desire, no desire to watch the Chicago Cubs play. And that was really, really hard for me to accept. And to me, that told me something because, yeah, I'm a fan and I'm somebody that watches baseball games for fun. That's what I do for fun. But 
yesterday it wasn't fun. It, it, it became a bigger thing. And, and when the team that you love and respect and, you know, been following for your entire life, you know, kind of take, I don't want to say takes a stance against you, but they're not with you. That that's, that's tough. That's hard. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't really have anything to add there at the moment, except to say I immediately knew when I saw that Jason Hayward would be sitting out the game and, and the seconds kept ticking and it looked like the game was on that I wasn't going to watch. I just, if Jason Hayward was going to sit out that game and didn't have any teammates to sit out the game with him, I was going to sit that game out. And I wound up um, writing for most of the night, actually working on the piece that went up uh, this morning, which has generated a lot of interesting conversation at BCB. So you should definitely check that out. Um, We have more to talk about. Uh, There is a lot going on in the league. There are more teams that have decided not to play today on Thursday. Friday is supposed to be Jackie Robinson Day in Major League Baseball, and and we'll have some conversations about what the league may do, may not do, may disappoint us with. Um, But first, we need to take a quick break. So we'll be back on the flip side with more. All right, we are back. So that was Wednesday. Six teams ultimately wound up not playing on Wednesday night. It was the Dodgers and Padres, the Mariners, um, the Giants, the Reds, and the Brewers. The In addition to that, I, and I want to be clear about this, the Cubs were not the only team that had pl- individual players opt out and other teammates decide to play. So Dexter Fowler and Jack Flaherty, who, like, look, at this point, Andy and I are just Jack Flaherty fangirls, (laughs) even though he's a Cardinal, um, both decided to sit out the game in St. Louis, and and he wasn't pitching that night, but I think it is still meaningful that he wanted it known that he was sitting the game out with Dex. Um, Matt Kemp on the Rockies also sat out, and his team played. We'll get to that in a second, because I think that there's something – meaningful there. Um, The Cubs are off on today. It's Thursday. Um, But as we are recording this, the following games have all been postponed. So the Rockies, um, after not making the right decision on Wednesday, decided to sit this game out with Matt Kemp today. And the Rockies and Diamondbacks game was postponed about an hour before we started recording the Red Sox decided to sit this one out. The Red Sox and Blue Jays are not playing right now. The Phillies decided to sit this one out, and I thought this was really interesting. The Phillies and are playing the Nationals, and they decided to host a joint Zoom press conference with reporters to explain the players' position there. And I think that's really powerful because it indicates that this truly is something bigger than the game. Like, we're not going to divide teams or anything like that. Like, we're all on the same side. The Athletics and Rangers, the Orioles and Rays. The Mets and Marlins and the Twins and Tigers are all postponed. We'll get back to that Mets-Marlins postponement in a minute because there's a hot mic video running around the Twitter that I think is particularly interesting there. But, you know, as of this call, I think that brings us up to 20 teams who uh, out of 30 who are postponing at least one game um, in solidarity with the Black Lives Matter movement and just, you know, saying, we're, we're not doing this. <laughs> this is not a thing that we're going to do. Um, Andy, what do you think? I mean, 
I read a tweet today. Okay, so Jack Flaherty, yes, I am definitely a fan. I mean, I think it, it goes without, without saying Dexter Fowler and Jack Flaherty are our favorite Cardinals. And I don't really even still consider Dexter Fowler a Cardinal, but that's beside the point. So um, I read a tweet from Jack Flaherty, which um, coincidentally was then deleted and I believe probably for good reason, but it basically was in all caps and it started to say, we couldn't even do one thing together. And that's all I could read before, like it was zapped from my phone because he had deleted it. So basically he was screaming at the rest of the league, like we couldn't get one day together where we could all agree to, to not play. And you could feel his frustration, even though it was just a tiny little blurb on my phone and it was in all caps, you could feel his frustration and I get it. Um, that's something that I think is so powerful. Like all of the NBA, all of the teams playing in the NBA playoffs decided we're not doing this, not just two teams, not just one game, like all of the NBA, like they haven't figured out what their path is for, for getting back on track or if they're even going to play again. I know they had several votes to actually halt the season altogether. Um, and I don't know how those turned out. I haven't read the news on the NBA today. I'm more worried about the baseball, baseball teams and how they're reacting, but I just, I, I, you felt his frustration. You know, it's there. He's not the only one. He's just very vocal about it. Um, and it's sad. It's sad that these guys are doing this by themselves without the support of their team. Um, you know, I can definitely, I have plenty to say about um, the racial climate here in St. Louis because I live here and I've lived here for over 20 years. I'm very well aware of the racial climate in St. Louis. And Jack Flaherty is aware of it. He's not stupid. I mean, he's half white and half black. I mean, you know, he's, he struggles with his own stuff. You, you can read his, his Twitter line and know what he goes through. I mean, he definitely, you know, he, he's, he has issues with the way that um, St. Louis is. And he's trying to bring about change. And I appreciate that because, you know, they're not going to listen to everyday Joe Schmoes. They're going to listen to their star ace pitcher, Jack Flaherty. Um, and some of them aren't even going to, some of them still, you know, when he speaks on these issues, will say this stupid stuff, like, you know, shut up and play baseball type stuff, which makes me crazy, but that's another, that's another podcast. So, but I think it's just so it's, it's refreshing to see that there is a younger, a younger, um, generation of these baseball players that are in the league right now that aren't afraid to speak out. And especially when they play for teams like the St. Louis Cardinals, where you know that there are some, you know, there is definitely a racial climate here in this city that is not favorable to black players. You've heard black players that have come and gone to the city and have had issues here for him to speak out on so many levels is so, so brave and, and so inspiring because he knows that he's speaking to his own fan base and he knows that probably half of the people, you know, half of the half that he's speaking to are now no longer Jack Flaherty fans. And I'm sorry, but that's, that's what needs to happen for any change to take place. You know, you have to, you have to make people uncomfortable. You have to make them look at things that they weren't willing to look at. You have to make them think about things that they've never thought about. And, the only way to do that is, you know, right now with these professional athletes is to do, do the things that they're doing. You know, we're a country right now that can't even get our crap together with the pandemic. And we're so lucky to have sports right now to have that, that release, you know, that escape. 
And these guys are, are, they're not stupid in how they're doing this and how they're maneuvering through this, because this is exactly, you know, for the sport loving people in this country, this is what it's going to take for them to wake up and realize that there is a bigger issue here. And it's not just what you read about on the news. It's not just some YouTube video that you saw in your timeline. It's, it's a real thing. And because you're, you know, Joe White living in the Midwest that, you know, has two black friends and it doesn't affect you, that doesn't mean that it doesn't affect people around you. That doesn't mean that it's not affecting whole communities. It is. And it's something that these people need to pay attention to and they need to wake up and and start realizing that, yeah, it may not affect you. It may never affect you, but it's affecting people in this country and it's a problem. Yeah, I I mean, I don't have much to add there. Although I will say, and Andy, I'm curious about this because I know you read a lot of St. Louis um, news coverage, you have access to the St. Louis news crew in a way that I don't. One of the things that I really noticed as I was reading pieces this morning was there was just a different tone in how this was covered in Chicago versus how this was covered by some of the St. Louis beat writers, by which I mean, like, in Chicago, both on Twitter and in articles, there seemed to be an understanding that it was the expectation should have been that the entire Cubs team wouldn't play. And so therefore there was this huge emphasis on no, no, no. Jason Hayward insisted that the team play. They were just trying to follow the instructions they were given by their teammate and be respectful of him. Um, And it wasn't like an apologetic thing. It was more like a, look, we realize this looks bad and we want to clarify why this didn't happen so that fans have as much information as possible, right? Oh, yeah. Um, On the St. Louis side of things, on the other hand, they were sort of like the Cardinals players respected Dexter Fowler and Jack Flaherty's decision to sit. It's as if the backlash would have been on the other Cardinals players. Not like they screwed up. It's, it's definitely a different animal here in St. Louis. And, you know, I, I hate it. I hate it because it's so hard to, to be any kind of diverse in this city and feel comfortable. Like you belong or you can speak on things because you just, you know, that it's like, you're, you're kind of, you're messing with your neighborhood. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, I don't know. It's it's so different here than it is in other cities as far as how they handle things like this. And I don't think there was probably any talk of his teammates joining of their teammates joining them and and sitting back and, and not playing this game. I can almost bet you that wasn't even a conversation. Um it was it was do what you have to do, that sort of thing. Um I just don't think I think um you already with just those two men that sat you saw some of the most hateful, evil things on the socials. And it was really, it's really mind boggling to me how, um, you know, in, in the year 2020, people can still be so racially charged and so angry and so, you know, things that they have no knowledge of, things that they didn't live in, things that they, you know, never even witnessed themselves. And they're just so angry and so judgmental and so quick to, you know, quick to dismiss somebody. And it's really hard. It's really hard around here. And they know that Dexter for sure knows that. I mean, you know, he's been here a long time and, you know, I mean, his good friend, Jason Hayward was here before him. So it's just, you know, 
it's a different animal down here. And, and it's going to take a lot of change and a lot of things in this city for, for that, for, for anything like that to happen on the, on a professional team front. Um, I think people would have just lost their, their minds if the team would have sat, um, you know, and, and I don't think that the people that handle baseball relations here in St. Louis are stupid people, but I also think they feel like, you know, that the, the microscope is getting smaller and people are starting to look more at cities like St. Louis, where it is still an extremely segregated city. And that is not a secret. People that have lived here for decades, people that have lived here their whole lives. I mean, I have neighbors that have lived in this same block their entire life will tell you this is one of the most segregated cities in the United States. It is awful. It is really bad. And so, you know, baby steps, baby steps. People that look like me in this city don't speak up and they certainly don't take their children to protest and they certainly don't teach their children about their black neighbors. And they certainly don't put up signs that say black lives matter. So the fact that these things are happening right now is definitely going to start the conversation and who knows where the St. Louis Cardinals could be in a couple of years. But I will definitely say that there is no way that that would have happened. I mean, that just is not something that the St. Car- St. Louis Cardinals will, would do um, at this point in time, but there is progress being made in St. Louis. It's just, we're going at a snail's pace. So I want to close this episode out looking ahead like we always do, but instead of looking ahead to like who's hot on the reds and like who's a probable pitcher and whatnot, look, don't worry people. We'll get back to that when it's appropriate. Um, Maybe next episode, like who knows, we'll see where things are at, but it just felt more important to talk about this today. Friday is supposed to be Jackie Robinson day in major league baseball. There have been a lot of criticisms in recent years um, by Many great writers, uh, including uh, a friend of ours who was on the show recently, Shakia Taylor, about the problematic ways that MLB uses that day, uses the number 42 and just kind of plasters it on everything, um, and basically says, look, we broke the color line (laughs) all these years ago, and so now everything is fine. When it's clearly not, there are clearly issues. Front offices don't have enough diversity in them. Coaching staffs don't have enough diversity on them. The share of black players in baseball has been falling for our entire lives. (laughs) Um, And the MLB finds itself (laughs) at a crossroads, not all that different from the crossroads that the Cubs and Cardinals players found themselves in on Wednesday night where they are going to have to look at the sport that they have, the number of teams who have sat out in protest, the number of players who have spoken out in protest, and ask themselves what they are going to do with Jackie Robinson Day. And I am just so pessimistic that MLB is going to understand that this is not the time to put the number 42 on everything and pretend things are fine. I don't know, Andy, what do you think? I mean, yeah, I don't, you just, you just can't. It's just year after year after year of doing that and nothing seemingly has changed in major league baseball. You know what they've done, what um, they've allowed to happen within their league. It just, nothing has changed. And if you really feel that strongly about the man, um, 
you know, and, and his history and where he came from and what he brought to, to Major League Baseball, there has got to be more done. You know, I mean, it just, again, this is one of those things that they're not getting right. It's just very hokey. There's no depth to it, you know? And like you said, you can't just slap 42 on everything and call it a day. Like, there is so much more there. And admittedly, I am just now learning about the Negro Leagues, which are fascinating, by the way. If you've never taken a minute to, to read about it or to do research, do it. Because you will just, it is a rabbit hole that you'll never want to come out of. And I'll tell you what, I have spent hours reading stuff. It's just fascinating. And, and some of the knowledge you'll get, you know, it, it just really changes your perception on where baseball came from and, and, and the respect that these black players had coming into Major League Baseball. And I'm telling you, it, it just, <laughs> I just wish they would get something right you know, just, just one thing, just baby steps. Like let's get something right. They, and Jackie Robinson, it has got to be the place where it starts. It has got to be, but there's got to be more, you know, the, slapping number 42 all over everything. Yes. That, that makes us all think that makes us all speak his name and talk about his history and, and where he came from and what he brought to the league. But for one day, I mean, come on, this guy is way more than that. And he, he brought way more into the league than that. And he just, he deserves more than that. You know, it's, it's really interesting that you um, talked about MLB really needing to do more, really needing to reconcile with some of their history. I mean, earlier this month, they celebrated the 100th anniversary of the Negro leagues. They did a nice job. They highlighted some speeches and work by Bob Kendrick, um, really tried to bring out some of the stories that people haven't heard as often. But I just, I found myself this afternoon, the most impactful things that I heard this afternoon, I, I heard two. One was the NHL, which is by far the whitest of all white sports, <laughs> uh, announcing that they were suspending games for Thursday night. And I was just like, so the, the National Hockey League is going to suspend the Stanley Cup. But baseball is just going to try to like, celebrate Jackie Robinson day like normal. And I, I I don't like that. I don't like that even a little bit. I think that is tone deaf and wrong. Um, but the second was the Players Alliance, who we mentioned earlier, the group that Jason Hayward is a member of, Mookie Betts, Dexter Fowler, Aaron Judge. I mean, if, if a lot of your favorite baseball players <laughs> have signed their name on this, onto this group. And what they said was they were going to take their salaries from Thursday and Friday and donate them to the organization. So the organization could invest in programs that combat systemic racism and racial injustice. And all I could think is where's the MLB initiative to match those funds? Where are the owners to say, we'll take that money and match it and you invest it in your communities so that groups like lost boys <laughs> can make sure that kids in Chicago, all kids in Chicago, in all neighborhoods, have the ability to play Little League and softball. And I just, I just don't see MLB doing anything like that. In fact, what we have instead is, you know, this hot mic episode where the Mets and the commissioner's office, and it's unclear if it was like Jeff Wilpon's idea or if it was Rob Manfred's idea or what exactly is going on are basically like, well, what if the protest was that we started the game an hour late? And I'm like, that's, <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> oh my God. Clueless. So toned up. Like, Clueless. read the room. Come on. Like, really? <sighs> oh. 
I mean, <laughs> what an hour late? Oh no, not an hour late. Like, what? What? That really like in in somebody's puny brain that is effective. That is a way to to bring attention to a movement. That is a way to bring change to to social injustices in our country. An hour late. Yeah, I mean, come on, really. Who's your PR person? A five-year-old? Yeah, it, it's it's unclear. Um, so we're a little disheartened over here at Cup of Cubby Blue tonight. We'll be back with all of your Cubs news updates and banter. We'll be back to let you know what we thought about whatever MLB decided to do on Jackie Robinson Day. I can say that in addition to posting this episode on Jackie Robinson Day, We will also be posting links to some organizations that you can donate to if you have the means that help provide baseball, like our friends, the Lost Boys, run by our friend Levante Stewart, um, groups that you can donate to to help with bail for people who are protesting uh, on behalf of Black Lives all over the country. And I, I, I don't have a ton of optimism tonight, but I do know that if we keep talking about this and we keep paying attention and we don't let our guard down, it's the only way things will get better. So until next time, I'm Sarah Sanchez. uh, And I'm here with my dear friend and an absolute warrior in St. Louis, Andy Cruz Manasek. And you can find both of us at Cup of Cubby Blue. Till next time.